श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए हर गोपीनाथ की जाए हो भक्तवृंद की जाए हो प्रेम आनंदे इवनिंग एवरीवन नाइस टू बी हियर अगेन ब्यूटीफुल डे है या सो एनी क्वेश्चंस टुनाइट यस सो व्हेनेवर लॉर्ड चैतन्या इज with his associates um they like they discover who they are his associates they don't they don't know and they're thinking he's krishna and um where are krishna's associates oh yeah it's us so i'm wondering about that in relation to lord ananda did he it's hard for me to believe that he is who he is and he didn't know who he was Is he like somewhere in between? What was Tanya? Anyway, kind of. Mm-hmm. Did he know who he was? Mm-hmm. What was his? Right. So you're asking that 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 Sri Krishna has all of his associates, Radha, Subal, Sri Dham, Balita, Vishaka, Nanda, Yashoda, that uh, all are different manifestations of. divine love like parental love friendly love romantic love and so forth and those associates are the embodiment of that uh type of love whose example one becomes inspired by through the guru parampara follows internally uh, ultimately as part of the sadhana the practice into course and so that being being the case when Krishna at the deepest point or the highest point of his leela reflects on the measure and uh of of Radha's love which astounds him he naturally being a connoisseur of love wants to understand it experience it um he has somewhat of a existential crisis as i've put it at that time being the king of love rasaraj he 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 is capable of reciprocating all types of love that he's approached with but he's seeing a measure of love that he's not familiar with hmm? he knows that he's the object of love hmm? for every, the perfect object of love for everyone and so at the same time he's experiencing someone whose love captivates him in the way that he captivates draws everyone to himself and that of course is radha and so he has to think what what kind of person is that hmm what kind of person is that 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 kind of person of course comes from within himself it's very uh complex theology but he has an abiding kind of nature we call it swarup shakti power potency swarup shakti uh, we can better understand it perhaps by comparing it to the maya shakti which would be like the difference between hot and cold shakti is a power hmm? that comes from a powerful energy comes from an energetic so the the sanskrit terms for the energy and the energetic or the shakti and the shakti man so we have ener- energetic the shakti man and then there's energy 
So Krishna is the supreme Shakti Man, and he has various Shaktis. And just like an, an electrical uh, generator of energy can produce both the power of heat and the power of um, cool. It can air condition or it can heat. So this is a simple example of, of how Krishna has powers, shaktis, um, energetic manifestations from himself, energy manifestations from himself who is the energetic that work in di- conduct themselves in diverse ways for heating or for cooling. So as there is a Swarup Shakti that conducts the affairs of the spiritual world in Leela, so there's a Maya Shakti. Hmm? It may be easier for us to appreciate the Maya Shakti hmm? being under her influence if that can be pointed out to us by someone who's not under the influence. This is what the texts do and the sadhus do and and so forth. And then we begin to see something before our eyes that we couldn't quite see. Or we might have thought about but we couldn't fully articulate as well and so forth. Hmm? So we begin to see that we are under a deluding influence, if you will. Hmm? And it's very close to us, in fact, it's manifest in forms that we have identified as ourself, our intellect, our minds, and our senses that we are our physical self is made up of. We have a physiological, physio, psycho-physiological makeup, a body-mind uh, complex that we've identified with. And it itself is composed of this Maya Shakti, deluding influence. And it deludes us, the, uh, the animator, if you will, of matter. Consciousness animates the, the inanimate world by reflecting on it, by identifying with it, setting it in motion, if you will, but then it comes under the influence of its motion in a way that it loses sight of the fact that it has set the whole show of material nature in motion, as the Gita says. Next verse, he says, um, there's Maya Shakti and then there's the Jiva Shakti. There's, there's, in, there's an unconscious reality, a non-experiential reality, and then there's an experiential reality. That experiential reality we are constituted of, and we turn the world on, he says there. We set it in motion. Hmm? How? That's a great mystery. <laughs> Science is trying to figure that out, or trying to say, we can't find it, so, it must, so consciousness must be matter. It couldn't be different from matter and be causal and move matter, because we can't measure it, and we can't control it, and we can't find it in a controlled experiment. Of course, you can only control things that are inferior to you. So, the hallmark of the, uh, from Bacon, of science is the controlled experiment. So we, we control an environment and then we make an experiment within it and we get data and we come to a conclusion, right? But the only thing that will appear in a controlled experiment is that which you can control. Hmm? If something is beyond your control, 
and in control of you, for that matter, it's not going to show up in the control experiment. You can control things that are inferior to you. If there's anything superior to you, then it won't show up there. And the you here, of course, in, the, in the, let's say in the, in the, in the scientific community um, where we make experiments, we don't really have to go to the scientific community and make experiments. The controlled experiment is no real, real, really great thing. We all do it all the time. I mean, even kids do it. You know, they have a, you know, they, they touch the fire, they get some data, it burns. They, th- they come to the conclusion: fire burns. Don't touch. That's science. Now, if you hone that a little bit, control that, of course, obviously, you can understand more about the details of how nature works. Of course, the, you find the more you find, the more you uncover the details, the more details there are. Hmm? The, the, the more you, closer you get to the bottom of it, the, the more bottomless it becomes. It's very slippery, this maya, shakti, matter. It's very slippery. Hmm? Very difficult to get a hold on. Heisenberg said, "We don't. We only experience our experience of the world, hmm? not the world itself. Hmm? So, we are the we experiencers. We are consciousness. So, um, at any rate, uh, the scientific experiment, as I say, um, is such that we can understand things." through it, that are controllable by us. Us here means our sense of, I'm American, I'm a scientist, I'm a carpenter, I'm a um, man, I'm a woman, I'm Indian, I'm Caucasian, whatever may be the case. This this I, this would be William James's me. Hmm? You know, the philosopher William James, who was very fond of uh, the idea of introspection and and coming up with a science of mind that would gather data from uh, the reports of this uh, subjective reports of first-person experience, hmm? which is not looked upon as very seriously today. First-person experience, third-person experience that can be demonstrated you know, objectively is thought to be. Give us the real truth of the matter. Of course, it's the first person that's doing the experimentation, and he will never show up there. You cannot prove that you exist in that fashion. But we all act as if we do. That maybe should be given some, you know, some credibility. First-person experience should not be thrown out entirely. There's many good arguments for this. Um, at any rate, that I, rather than the me, to use William James's terms, there's a me. Me, me is this small self. That's a bundle of experiences of the world, a bundle of experiences that that come, kind of comes together and makes a, well, arguably a, a false self. We can get, and that's why when scientific community looks, uh, they question that that self. That self is questionable. Hmm. Hmm. That everyday self, 
the conventional ego, it is questionable. We say it, it's illusory. Scientific community says it's illusory also. We are not a, in discord with them in this regard. The atheistic community says that. We agree with them. But where we differ is that there's a me. Me has a kind of a more narrow connotation than I. I is a loftier connotation. <laughs> me is a little base. It's about me. It's all about me. We don't say it's all about I. <laughs> so just a little bit of the English language and how it seems to work practically. So the me is this, here I'm just using terminology to explain the point. Me here represents this conventional ego that's very self-centered, hmm? mean-spirited, hmm? mean, mean. It, it, it has to be because in order to survive, it has to take. Hmm? It's, it's, uh, it's identified with something, the body-mind complex, that if you don't do something about it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to dwindle. So you've got to struggle to maintain it. Hmm? And so we have many people with many different centers, each one their own center, hmm? me, struggling <coughs> to survive. That's very Darwinian, and uh, we agree there as well. The Bhagavatam says, one living being is food for another, so forth. But the I, that is a loftier um, sense of identity, and uh, we would agree with uh, Mr. James's step of thinking about it from times gone by, and of course from the Upanishad, the Gita, Bhagavad, all these texts, the Vedantins, the experiencers, the I. I means first person, subjective, experiential reality. Hmm? That's not uh, going away. That um, that I, hmm, self, Atma, is categorically different than the body-mind complex. Hmm? It gives rise to the me when interfacing with with matter hmm, through the body-mind complex. It gives rise to the me. Hmm? That me is called ahankar in Sanskrit. Ahankar means what? Aham means I, let's say me, <laughs> in this sense. And kara means to make, so it's a me maker. It's an I maker. It's a, it's a, it, makes, it makes up a person, makes up an identity. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, it's a made up identity. I'm Indian. That is a made up identity. Do you follow me? I am American. That is a made up identity. Hmm? And uh, that identity is, is a product of the what we call the Maya Shakti, this, this kind of Shakti of Krishna, this kind of energy of Krishna. And it, it, it's, it's a deluding energy because, as I say, it causes us to think that we're something that we're not. We as a unit of consciousness, an I, that I exist, that's not going away. Hmm? This, is, this is experiential reality. Experiential reality is not a product of non-experiential reality. You follow me? An experiential reality will not 
come out of a non-experiencing reality. Experience will not come out of non-experience. How's that? Hmm? That makes sense. Out of non-experience, experience will not arise. Do you agree? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm looking at her. She's given that beautiful Indian. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we go, yes, yes. Like this. Different culture. No. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story on that. One of my godbrothers, he told me that that you know, whenever we would ask Prabhupada a question, and he would, he would say, yes, 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 yes. And so he said, so I used to think that the spiritual way of saying yes was to go like this, and the, mater- <laughs> and the material way was to go like this. <laughs> Until I went to India, and everybody went like this. Yes, yes. <laughs> So out of a non-experiencing reality, experience won't come. That means that um, we say, um, we don't expect the, the floor to respond and say, could you take a few people off? It's a little heavy in here. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we laugh at that. It's foolish. Hmm? But people think that a brain does that. And the brain is made up of the same thing that the floor is made up of. Hmm? <laughs> what? I said some people's brain might be. <laughs> might what? Might be I said like some people's brain might be made out of the same material. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they all are. They all are. The basic same ingredients. Atoms, hmm? protons, neutrons, quarks. It's, you know, what it's made of. It's the same stuff. There's nothing different there. Hmm? So could we arrange the floor in such a way hmm? that it would, would say, could you walk a little more lightly? Hmm? Ouch. Or something. Hmm? We, we laugh at that, but, but this is a theory. The, the theory is that the consciousness, ouch, experience, qualia means, means experience, which means implies an experiencer. Hmm? That comes out of the brain. They can't find it there, but they think it must be there because they can't find how consciousness moves matter. Hmm? If it's moving matter, we should be able to measure it. Hmm? But they can't find how it's measured, so they think it must be must not must be part of the brain. Can't be different from the brain and moving it. And I'm saying consciousness is turning on the world, making it move. Hmm? Let's make a controlled experiment and find it and see how it's moving. But if it's superior to the me and to matter and non-experiential reality, it's not going to show up in a controlled experiment. If God, the source of consciousness, is superior to us, to our me's, then in our controlled experiment, he's not. It's going to appear like, well, I guess he doesn't exist. Because you can only control that which is inferior to. We can't even control material nature. We'll just speak of our of consciousness and God completely. So the results will always be incomplete, hmm? even materially speaking. So 
and we and, and we are Vaishnavas, and we, we we live in a world where we benefit much from science, relatively speaking, and we we pay our respect and obeisances to it, but we don't lay out flat entirely. We qualify our respect to the scientific developments because we have another uh, deity that we prostrate ourselves uh, before that has meaning because science doesn't give meaning. It's a quantitative uh, adventure, not a qualitative adventure. We are a unit of quality, value, meaning, not quantity. We are not a thing. So, that being our position, as I've described it, not being a product of matter means we're not like all other manifestations of matter that are confined by time and space, which means consciousness has no beginning, has no end. It's not confined by time and space. This is what eternity means. Hmm? And you can experience that you're eternal by spiritual practice. And that's just the beginning. You can experience. What can I say to you about it being eternal? I, we can talk about it. But you can have the experience. I'm eternal. Hmm? It's very nice. <laughs> it's very um, gratifying. Very comforting, I should say. Very securing. Hmm? Um, this is just the beginning of... And, and we do that, of course, by interfacing with with that um, that um, location, if you will, that point where eternity and time meet. It's like the like the deity is like this. The Bhagavad Gita, the book, is like this. Eternity and time are meeting. Um, the book is made of cardboard and ink and so forth. It's temporal. But if you read it and follow it, you experience which is eternal. Therefore, you worship the book. Hmm? And people think, why are you worshiping cardboard? That could be thrown away and burned. It's just a material thing. But we've not approached it on the book's terms. Hmm? So there's this meeting point, right, between the temporal and the eternal. This is very generous dispensation of divinity to take us from one side to the other. Hmm? What we're on one side, and that side is we've activated the world. We've given meaning, value to the world, turned it on, so to speak. Hmm? But but we've been deluded by that which we've turned on. I've given an example before that someone turns on the television and the television is dependent upon the viewer to have meaning. Hmm? But sometimes we see that after the man turns on the television, the television takes over the man's life. That's a problem. Then hmm? you've got to shake it. Or kids nowadays, they, they turn on the, the program. Yeah, they must have some kind of what they, computer games, and that's it's, it's called like um, virtual reality and so forth. Then they get caught up in that, they get lost in that, and but it has no life without them in the first place. But they lost their life. Hmm? To the virtual reality. So we're living in kind of a virtual reality. That's called Maya Shakti. And we talk about these things in good association, it become more apparent to us that we're deluded. Hmm? Um, so it's not a, such a stretch. It's not a question of believing in the Maya Shakti as much as it is entering into discussion of the nature of being. Hmm? And we can see in good association before our Eyes. For example, we can see that we're deluded by our 
senses, by our minds, hmm? and our intellect, which is often in, in, entered into an unholy relationship with the mind and the senses. The senses make demands upon us. Hmm? The mind is complicit, or the mind makes a determination that feels good, that feels bad. Hmm? I like this and I don't like that. Intelligence weighs in and says you may like it, but it's not good for you. But, it isn't, but often it says, if you like it, let's figure out how to get it. That's what I mean, a holy, unholy wedding, you see, between intellect and mind. The intellect should say, it may feel good, but it's not good for you. It doesn't order you around, but it says, it's not good for you. You want to be reasonable or, <laughs> or not? But often the intellect is, is corrupted and enter into, enters into an unholy alliance with the mind. And so the mind says, I like that. And intelligence says, well, let's figure out how to get it. Hmm? Right? And it's scheming. So this is how to become a very big and dangerous animal. Dvipada Pashu, in the language of the Bhagavatam, a two, two-legged animal, very dangerous. So, we often do things that we know are not in our interest, right? Ever have that experience? Yeah. So that means we're in an embarrassing kind of a <laughs> uh, position. Hmm? Uh, these are some ways in which we could point out that we are uh, under the influence of a deluding. Um, well, a deluding influence. So, as there is a deluding influence, there is an illuminating, enlightening influence. Like there is cold energy, there is heat energy. Hmm? Now we're under the influence of the cold energy, so to speak, and our atma, and our heart is a bit frozen over. Hmm? And so, in that frozen condition, you know, what can you do with ice? And what can you do with water? There's quite a difference between what you can do with ice. With ice you can cool water. With water you can do so many things, right? You can make fire. Hmm? You can. You make fire. <laughs> it goes fast and you turn it around, you capture the power from it, and it turns into fire, electricity, hydroelectric. Hmm? for example. So that's pretty different um, from ice. You need the flow, you see, hmm. with the movement. Hmm. And so many other things, of course. Uh, water is life, hmm, we often say. So now we've frozen over, so to speak, to the influence of the Maya Shakti and Praying, our goal, love of God, is, a, is, is described as a melting, a melting of the heart. Hmm? It's a melting of the constructs of the mind, hmm? or that me is conjured up, hmm? and all the limitations that that me imposes that make me uncomfortable, even while feeling I should be comfortable. Hmm? I could be comfortable. Hmm? Because we're feeling a little bit what we are. We're a unit of comfort. Hmm. But we're like a fish out of water, something like that. Hmm. So, 
the bhakti bhakti means the influence of the sarup shakti coming into our life rather than the maya shakti and comparatively it's it's warming it melts the frozen over uh, heart if you will or consciousness it 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 um, Um, and and so many possibilities arise as the constructs of the mind uh, melt. We no longer live on the limitations of that um, me-ness and uh, so forth. In, 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 in another identity, the I is now in a different under a different influence. And a personhood can come out of the I. Now just I, I am. We have I am American. That's a very small idea. I am, that's a very big idea in comparison. Hmm? I am a servant of Krishna. That's a bigger idea still. Hmm? That comes with the influence of bhakti. Hmm? The influence of bhakti will make the maya shakti go away. It will melt if you will, the heart. It will make the atrophied heart beat fondly, warmly. As the self, the false self is deconstructed, the fact that I am becomes more and more clear. I am. I am. I really am. I start to lose all fear, apprehension, which arises from not knowing the extent to which I exist. We don't know the extent to which we theoretically, if we listen in this, we think as I am, yeah, yeah, but we don't know it practically. So we still have anxiety, fear. Hmm? If it pervades our existence on so many levels, hmm? just going to a social event, we have inhibitions. How will it go? What will people say? Yeah, so forth and so on. What to speak of on uh, at so many levels. So all this goes away. Mm. The fact that I am becomes more and more clear. And then what I can be also comes into view. What I can be by the influence of bhakti in relation to my source. Mm. So I am a gopa, I am a gopi. That is another thing. I am American, I am I am a gopo. Three different swabhavas. We want the last of them. This kind of identity. Because this is an identity that's formed not in relation to matter, which will be here today, but gone tomorrow. It's an identity formed in conjunction with consciousness and more consciousness, if you will, more capital. Investment of the same to a larger degree, something like that. Hmm? So, persons, if you will, formed out of that mold, hmm? they are those who surround Krishna in Leela. Hmm? They're all attracted to him. Hmm? He's all attractive. That's what Krishna means. But he finds himself attracted to Radha. In a way that that he's the attractor. He's the magnet. 
He's like a big positive magnet. We are like a tiny magnetic flake. And with the influence of the Maya Shakti, we have an apparent positive charge. So if you have a huge positive magnet and a tiny magnetic flake with a with a positive charge, what will happen? Now, if you could just take that flake and make it negative, what will happen? You see? This is what Trinatapi Sunichana means, to be humble like a blade of grass. We have to convert this positive I am, me, the center, the maintainer that I've got to acquire this ego from the positive to the negative. Negative here has a positive connotation. Hmm. You want to become negative? That's real positive. Then you'll be, then you'll be attracted to the positive, hmm. naturally, spontaneously, drawn in. Hmm. This idea. Hmm. Hmm. So, Krishna is like this, the center, and suddenly he, and within him is this Swarup Shakti. Hmm? He's the the energetic, so all the energy is within him. Hmm? But this bhakti that makes it possible for us to convert, if if we will, to turn, to to develop this negative kind of sensibility hmm? Uh, from our pushing in the opposite direction, this bhakti, it's within him, hmm? but it comes outside of him, if you will. If you breathe, that is one thing. Hmm? But if you breathe into a flute, that is another thing. Understand? It's the same breath, but if you play into a flute, that would be very extraordinary. If you breathe, just that's all it is. Into the flute. And whoa, you listen to your breathing. That's one thing. Now listen to your breathing. <laughs> you see? So Krishna's breathing. But, but the manifestation of bhakti, whom Radha is the, is the full face of, hmm? this is what happens when the Swarup Shakti of Krishna, which is like his own breath, you see? enters into a flute makes a sound and suddenly he's attracted by his own breath and it's manifest outside of him and dancing hmm? and so he becomes animated Brahman becomes animated moves and chasing that sound hmm? now some of that bhakti that Radha is the personification of it manifests in every devotee a little Radha is in every devotee hmm? So a little bit of rod is one thing. It's all that Krishna is the center, and Bhakti is being attracted, uh, and everyone's being attracted to him, and he's attracted to the Bhakti in, in everyone who's touched by it. But it's only a little bit of Radha. Now the whole full face of Radha, when he takes a really close look, you see, he had some look. He heard some things. Hmm? 
the girl was born hmm, not too long ago from Vishabhanu and uh, Kirtida. Hmm. Nanda and Yashoda were invited. Well, there uh, for the affair. Hmm. She was, of course, unfortunately, blind from birth. Hmm. But when Krishna's family was invited over for the and the infant Krishna came and they placed Krishna next to her, then she opened her eyes. She's only looking at Krishna, only, nothing else. Hmm? She's the full face of bhakti, completely fixed on Krishna. Hmm? So he gets a little glimpse here and there. Hmm? Um, he hears about her, she hears about him. Hmm? This is Leela, the play. Hmm? They fall in love, but 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 they never got a chance to say, "I love you." Did I say that? <laughs> this is Puvarag, Puvarag. Before meeting, before really confessing their hearts to one another, they feel attraction to one another. The Shakti Man and the full face of Shakti. They feel we should be together. Hmm? We're separate. We should be together. How can you separate the energy from the energetic? Hmm? Hmm? You seem to be separated, but we should be together. So they they pine to come together. And as the Leela progresses, the drama. Hmm? Hmm? You're asking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda. Is he lost in the drama? Does he know who he is? I'm going first to Krishna Leela. Does Krishna know who he is? He's Brahman. Hmm? He's wondering. He's, he's actually Radhanath, Radhabhalabha. Hmm? Hmm. That's who he is. And there's some unknowing hmm? in his identity, a very beautiful unknowing. Hmm? As I said before, if one is omniscient, the problem with omniscience, which is a quality of God, is what? If you know everything, then... It's boring. If you know everything, what will you do? If you know everything, what will happen at every moment? You'll be frozen. As soon as you... I know everything that will happen. Oh, you're like... Now what? Now what? I know, <laughs> I know everything. Okay. Because we are in, 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 steeped in ignorance, we think knowing everything would be really cool. <laughs> we would really be somewhere then. But he who knows everything finds that omniscience is is, is not, as, not as much as it's made out to be. Hmm? So what do you do when you're bored? You play. This is called Leela. Hmm? So Bhagavan plays. But he plays very good. The better you play, the more you become lost in the play. Hmm? Well, Krishna's lost in the play. Hmm? This is the play between the energetic and the energy. Shaktiman and Shakti. Hmm? Playing. And they've had, they have identities. Hmm? They're persons. Hmm? Hmm? Person is the full face, if you will, of the, the whole thing. Play it out completely. Hmm? So, as the Leela proceeds, 
as the drama proceeds. Mm. There are some glimpses, some meeting. Mm. But we, we come into the, into the 29th chapter of Bhagavatam. Mm. Krishna plays his flute and Radha hears and she comes in the night. And others, other gopis, other milk handmaidens, milkmaidens come, so forth. So this is the this is the consummation now. At this time, they actually get to confess and express their love for one another in ways that they have not been able to in the context of the play. So this is the high point of the Bhagwat of the Leela, which is an affair, the romance between the Shakti Man and Shakti. Trying to sort themselves out. Are they one? Are they different? Are they one and different? Hmm? At the same time, interpenetrating one another. And, it's, uh, and love is like this. You're one. In order to be, in order for it to be love, there have to be two, and the two have to be one. Right? There have to be two to love, and the two have to be one. When the two are one, the two don't disappear at the same time. If they disappear, then there's no. There's only one left, and there's no love. You see, you have to have both things. They have to have them at the same time. How can you have one and two at the same time? One and one is two, <coughs> but then there's two and there's no ones. <laughs> so, no, so, but in love. This is the fact. This in love, you have to have two, and the two have to be one at the same time, without doing away with the two. <laughs> so this is logically impossible, hmm? but it is our experience. This is the, this is the nature of love, and it's love that we pursue. Hmm? And we're not talking about anything that we don't already. You know, there are things that we experience that that transcend reason. And logic. So that's okay. It just means that logic and reason are not the deity that we should prostrate before, and and, and uh, it's it's idol worship. You won't, get, you won't you won't get the the real experience from putting reason on the altar. There are our everyday experience tells us that life transcends reason. Another example, of course, is that when we give, we say giving is receiving. Does it make sense? That doesn't make any sense. We said the giving is receiving. The two are different. They're opposites. How can the giving be the receiving? We say this. Is it reasonable? Is it logical? It's contradictory. But life does proceed in that way. By giving, by sacrificing, you, you become bigger. If you have so much and you give something, you're going to become less. Hmm? But actually by giving of ourselves, ourselves become bigger in the eyes of others. Hmm? And we feel bigger and, and, and better in a kinder way. Hmm? Understand? You become big. And more fit by becoming more gentle and kind. Hmm? So there's so many examples. Hmm? That life is 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 a contradiction. Hmm? That means 
in one sense, that the reality, the nature of being and reality, is that it transcends reason, where these contradictions don't fit. Reason is to do away with the contradictions. You, you can't. Hmm? So how is all this going up? Because of achinti shakti. Bhagavan, God, has achinti shakti. So what doesn't fit in our brain, in our head, between our ears, hmm? is, 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 is in God's world, if you will, is not a problem. Hmm? All things possible there. Impossible, as Napoleon said, is a word in the fool's dictionary. Hmm? All things possible. This is also Jiva Goswami. And Braj means which is the name of the place of Krishna's pastoral play, all things possible, all things appropriate there. Hmm? Very interesting. Hmm? So absorbed in the play, gradually, we could go through it, hmm? but it reaches, a, it reaches the point where the love hmm, between the Shakti and the Shakti Man expressed themselves in the context of the play and the Leela, and Krishna sees Radha really fully for the first time. That's the idea. He really sees her fully for the first time. And he sees that while I'm attractive to everyone, and that she attracts me like no one, hmm, and and seems to be more than me but i'm but i'm the all attractive one so how can there be someone who's more than me this is an existential crisis for krishna hmm? after all he's only an adolescent so you know generally <laughs> where existential crises uh, arise hmm? somebody more more than me but then of course he reasons about it further and he says that there's something about, but there's something about me, because although she attracts me hmm, in a way that nobody else can, hmm, she's attracted to me like nobody else. Everyone's attracted to me, but not like she is. Hmm. If she only sees something that resembles me, like a dark tamal tree that's bent, like and same color in the night, she embraces it. She's crazy about me. <laughs> if anything even just resembles me, she's ma she goes mad. So there is something about me that's special. I thought that was the case. <laughs> this is how he thinks. This is <laughs> yeah, but I can't experience it myself. She's experiencing it. Hmm? The Shakti is experiencing the Shakti Man in a way that the Shakti Man cannot. Hmm? And we have a little experience of this too. And other people experience us sometimes more accurately than we experience ourselves. Somebody goes, Hey, look, here's a really nice picture of you. You go, that thing, That's not me, is it? I don't really look like that. Do you? That's you. That, that, that's what you look like. Okay. Oh. <laughs> So, so when when Krishna reasons like this hmm, uh, about Radha's position, he, he knows she sees experiences something in me 
that I cannot experience. Only through her eyes. Therefore, I, I need to put her glasses on. I need to see the world hmm, through her eyes. This is my nature. I'm driven like this. So, so Krishna, who's already confused about who he is, he's God, right? He's Brahman everywhere, the great. But you can't even speak about beyond speech. Hmm? He doesn't, he's not thinking, I'm Brahman, I know everything. He's thinking, I know nothing about myself. She knows everything about myself. I have to find out my... This is very interesting. See how it's, it's very human-like, hmm? very friendly to humans. Hmm? It said that men and women are made in the image of Radha and Krishna. little addition there, but <laughs> you might have heard it. Uh, so, yes... Um, hmm. It's a fact. So you, so so then, what happens, of course, is that Krishna, in order to experience himself from Radha's perspective, another leela has to manifest. Whatever he wants, he's such a sankalpa. So whatever he wants, it happens. Is I have to find, I have to, I have to experience myself from her perspective. How can I do that? And so. The Leela manifests that we manifest. We call that Gore Leela and Gore Krishna. And dark Krishna becomes golden. Same complexion as Radha. He enters the mood of Radha. And he's pursuing that experience of himself that is that is her exclusive property and experience. So this Gore Leela then, Krishna who's the flute player, the enjoyer, he becomes the sacrificer, hmm? servant, the example of devotion. He becomes a sannyasi. Hmm? He carries the staff instead of the flute, and he fasts and all these things. And uh, uh, life of a sannyasi is very austere, of a monk, hmm? uh, beggar, and so forth. Hmm? Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. He's become a beggar. Hmm? He's begging for Radha's love, and he's begging other people to take, to love her. Hmm? Something like that, yeah, to love her. So Krishna didn't even kind of know who he was, kind of. I mean, then who is he then? Well, he, he is Radha Nath. Hmm? He is Radha Bala, but more than he is Brahman. Hmm? In that play, there's some unknowing, right? Because he was all-knowing, now he's become somewhat unknowing in his play. But in that play, he's really more knowing <laughs> than he was in his omniscient condition, because he's more happy, more satisfied, it's more relishable. And knowing is no, has no value unto itself, only as, the, as knowledge informs action by which we become happy. We're utilitarian, you know, here. <laughs> right, so... <laughs> If knowledge is, will be valued on a scale, and that's how it is in material life. Knowledge is valuable if we can use it to make things, to make ourselves happier. Hmm. Otherwise, we don't care much about it. So, Krishna is relishing rasa, Brahman, rasa vaisaha, the Upanishads. It is Brahman is rasa. For there to be rasa, for Brahman to be rasa, there has to, this means this exchange. This one becoming two, becoming one, becoming two. Yeah. 
So this is the more full face of Krishna, and there's some unknowing in him. So the fact that we have some unknowing, you know, we're kind of like, I call ourselves like theistic uh, agnostics. We, we acknowledge that there's some unknowing. We're okay with it. Hmm? It is said, he who says he knows, he knows, says he knows Brahman does not know Brahman. He who says he does not know Brahman, he knows Brahman. Hmm? Cannot be known. Unknown, unknowable. This is also very bewildering, but I mean, this, as I said, this is the realities of this nature. It's not something you can grab in the fist of your intellect and control in a tiny, puny thing called intellect and reason, hmm? which can be upscaled, uprooted by another reason, by another reason, tarko, pratishtanat, by reason you get nowhere. Hmm? That is the statement of the sutras. <coughs> by reason you will get nowhere. And if you want to debate that reasoning, go right ahead. That's what we're saying. We agree. Yeah. You can defeat. You can defeat that reasoning too, and that will be defeated. And that will be. This is what Mahaprabhu, as a boy, did. He was called Nimai Pandit. Before he manifested himself as a devotee, he showed himself as a scholar. He took knowledge and made a plaything out of it, hmm? just like you take, like, Play-Doh as a kid. You know, I don't know if you have it these days. You got much more sophisticated things, but you got it. And you make something out of it. You know, now it's a horse. Now it's a cow. Now it's this. Now it's that. Hmm. So he took knowledge like this. He used to give a give a discourse and defeat everybody. And then and then he would ask for a challenge. No one could defeat him. Then he would defeat himself. And, go, oh. and then he would go back to his original position like this. He made knowledge like a reason. Navanyaya was the popular pedantic preoccupation of the time in Navadvip. Nabanyaya, the new logic. So kind of a combination of Vaisheshika and Nyaya of old school. Hmm. The Nabanyaya. And they made it it's if you listen to it, they have interesting arguments for God and the existence of God, the soul and so forth. Nabanyaya. So anyway, so he he made it look like in his hands hands he could do whatever he wanted with it. Hmm? Shiromani one of the disciples of Sarvabhoma in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the school of logic wrote a book it was called um, Tattva Chintamani I believe Tattva Chintamani the jewel, the touchstone of, of truth something like that so they were riding in a boat with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu across the Ganges and he said Nimai Pandit as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was called in those days. I've written a book hmm, about logic, and um, my ambition is to become the greatest logician in all of India, the best student of Sarvabhoma, surpass him even in logic. Hmm? And I've written a book, and I thought, could you look it over and give me your opinion? Hmm? So Mahaprabhu said, sure, give it to me. I wrote one too, by the way. Mahaprabhu pulled out a book and said, you, you read that. He manifested a book. <laughs> I got one too. So Raghunath, Sri is reading the book and he started to cry and weep. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, why are you weeping? He said, because, as I say, I 
wanted that I would become the most famous logician in all of India, and I read your book, and I'm weeping because it makes me look like a fool. My book is ridiculous. Mahaprabhu said, oh, well, give it back to me. He gave the book back to Mahaprabhu, and Mahaprabhu threw it in the Ganges. You can become the most famous person for logic. And he did. How valuable is it? That is a lesson to be learned. Mahaprabhu said, you have it, take it. Who cares for that? That's just such a small thing. Hmm? Such a small thing. Such a boring thing. Hmm? Reason, logic, to bear down with that, to try to capture the whole with that. It will it, it forever uh, escape. Hmm? Never be captured. And if you try too hard to capture the whole with the intellect, you'll be repelled. Hmm? I'm showing you the, the, the realities I said I'm showing you I'm showing you constantly that I don't fit within logic within reason I don't fit there I'm showing you that's your practical experience you want to deny your experience hmm, and, and and fall victim to the uh, the rule of, of logic that it wants to constantly change the environment. You understand? It constantly wants to change the environment to make sense out of it, hmm? to do away with the contradictions that are inherent in the nature of being and reality. They're inherent. Hmm? To love, two people have to become one hmm? without doing away with the two people. Two has to become one and two at the same time. I, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit here. Hmm? Again, to give is to receive. That is not logical. Hmm. It can go on and on. So many examples. Nature, the reality, is showing us constantly that it doesn't fit within the fist of the intellect. Hmm. The intellect wants to change reality. You see? It wants to change the reality. And make Even all the schools of Vedanta... Advaita Vedanta, Vishishta Dvaita, Dvaita, uh, Sudha Dvaita, Dvaita Dvaita. These are uh, so many, five schools, hmm? four Vaishnava schools, one monistic school. All of them reach this point hmm? in their discussion. All of them reach this point. Hmm? And they come up with some way to try to make the reality fit logically. Mahaprabhu just said, Beda bed achintya. Beda bed achintya. Hmm? I'm not trying to change with my reasoning the nature of reality. I'm not going to force my intellect onto the, onto the environment. I'm going to read the environment for what it's saying. I know it doesn't fit in the intellect. That's okay. How things can be one and different at the same time? This is by the Achintya Shakti of Bhagavan. He has inconceivable. In his world, it's not a problem. Hmm? Hmm? And he lies, as I said, beyond the court of reason. Hmm? He doesn't show up in the controlled experiment. It's not going to show up there, because you can't control him. Hmm? He won't show up in the court of reason. If we put reason on the altar... Hmm? everything would be lost. Hmm. With That's reasonable. Hmm. We should use our reason to know the limits of reason and not be intoxicated and plaything in the hands 
of our intellect. God will disappear then. Soul will disappear. Hmm? So intellect wants to impose itself on the environment. No, no. Hmm? Don't do that. Gyanshunya hmm? bhakti. You can know, not by thinking. Hmm? Try to stop thinking. That's more difficult than however what you could think of. <laughs> Try to stop thinking. That's the real challenge. Hmm? Stop thinking and know yourself. Hmm? So he, so, so, so Krishna, he's lost hmm? and found. Hmm? If we're theistic agnostics, we acknowledge hmm? there is unknowing. Hmm. And it's okay. Hmm. It's okay. It's good. Hmm. Again, he who says he knows Brahman doesn't know Brahman. He who says he does not know Brahman, she knows Brahman. Hmm. She knows. There's an old song. To know, know, know you is to love, love, love. It's like in the 50s. Yeah. That's an old one. <laughs> so... To really know is to love. Hmm. By loving you will know hmm. that which you, you, you doesn't fit in the head. And you just, you, you know, mother knows, she knows best. You don't have to ask, we don't have to you just do it <laughs> like this, something like that. Hmm. <laughs> That's the idea. Guru knows best, yeah. You know, they used to have a show, Father Knows Best. It was a little sexist, I think. But, uh, but Krishna, so yeah, this is he is un, he is unknowing. Hmm? He's more knowing in his unknowing condition than in his knowing condition. Omniscience is boring. You have to play. Hmm? Then that is Leela. And he plays hard. So he, he doesn't know that he's Brahman. Hmm? He thinks, I'm all attractive, I'm the positive magnet, and all these magnetic flakes are attracted to me, but who is that one who attracts me? Hmm? As we said, this is Radha. And, and when we reach this point in the Leela, hmm, in the 29th chapter of the Bhagavatam, hmm, before this is Purvarag, so in, in, in Kaliya Leela, hmm, when Krishna's chastising Kaliya, dancing on the head of Kaliya, hmm, Gopis are on the shore and everybody else there, head by Balaram. Hmm? He's showing, I'm a good dancer, check me out. <laughs> they haven't communicated yet, but they, he loves Radha, she loves him. The energy and the energetic, they feel they should be one. Hmm? They're appearing as two bodies, but they feel they're one. Mahabhav Rasa Raj Dueekarupa. This is what Ramananda saw. Rasaraj Mahabhav Duyekarupa. Rasaraj means Krishna, the king of love. Mahabhav means Radha, the personification of the perfect object of love and perfect love. Duyekarupa. That hmm? uh, means it's one person, two forms. The energy and the energetic. Hmm? And they're trying. They feel they should be together. They're inseparable. Hmm? And so, Krishna himself is lost in some unknowing. 
but that knowing, as I say, is constitutes a greater knowing than omniscience, because knowledge has no value other than, other than from a pragmatic point of view. Again, that's why when we, what is hailed as being very valuable knowledge is a knowledge that can be turned into some technology that will make my life easier. So knowledge is only as valuable as it informs action by which we become happy. This is when Brahman is moving and happy, tasting rasa. As I said, breathing is one thing. Krishna is breathing. Now the same breath played into a flute that has a whole different effect. That is Radha. The flute sound. Intoxicating him. He's a student in the dancing school of Radha. It's very nice. You know, somebody put a... It was very interesting. It's just a thought. Um, a picture on the Facebook of, you maybe seen it, birds, like 25 birds on the telephone wires. Three wires. You've seen five. that? Five wires? Okay, there was f- five wires. And they were, you know, sitting around in different ways on there. And so he, he was a musician and he took and he played the notes. Uh, five wires and then the birds. It was beautiful. It was playing on it, yeah. It was, it was very Krishna conscious uh, sound. <laughs> it's like what reality sounds like. This is, you know, the music. there's some kind of knowing beyond thinking, something like that. Hmm. The world has a sound. Hmm. If you listen carefully. So, Krishna is already unknowing. Your question is, well, he becomes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because now, in the Rasalila, he sees Radha really for the first time. He actually sees her for all that she is. Hmm? You see, if you study the, the, the text, he hasn't experienced that yet. Hmm? Gets close in the, in, in the Vastrahar Leela, stealing of the gopis' clothes at the, in the, when they petitioned Katyayani. And Radha comes that day. Those are Kanyas there, young, but they aren't, they, Radha's not one of them. But she comes on that day final day of their vow. Hmm. And so she's also there bathing with them. And then he makes, he says, well, we're going to get together. It looks like what's going to happen here for different reasons. <laughs> and, and so in a future night, so this night comes, all building up to this, 29th chapter, 30, 31, 32, 33, this is Ras Panchajai. Hmm? Five chapters, the center of the book, the apex of the book. Everything's leading up to that. And everything afterward is pointing back to that, to the Brajlila and this high point in the Brajlila. And this is where Krishna sees Radha fully for the first time and he thinks, like I said, like this, everyone's attracted to me. I'm attracted to them. They have bhakti. That means they have a little Radha in them. Now I'm seeing Radha fully herself. Now I'm attracted. It's driving me mad. I have to taste that. This is then the desire that leads to Gaur-lila. So Gaur-lila is the extension of Krishna-lila. He's, he's the same Krishna. Hmm? No other avatar is attracted to Radha. Hmm? No, other Radha no other avatar has Prema Madhurya. This is a quality of Krishna. Prema Madhurya. He's surrounded by Prema Madhurya. 
Varaha is not surrounded by Prema Madhurya. Nisringa is not surrounded by Prema Madhurya. Narayana is not surrounded by Prema Madhurya. Hmm? This kind of sweet love of Vrindavan, intimacy. Hmm? And Radha is the full face of that. So. Hmm? Krishna has experience of it, he's attracted to that, so he changes dress. It's like the reversible jacket. I've given that example. It's between Gaurila and Krishna Lila. If you have a golden jacket with black trim, you turn it around, it's a black jacket with golden trim. There's the difference between Krishna Lila and Gaurila. Antar Krishna Bahir Gaudam. Goswami said, inside he's dark, outside he's golden. It means he's Krishna, but he's in the complexion and the mood that corresponds of Radha. Now he's even more confused. You see, he was already confused as Krishna. Krishna means God's confused. Confused means there's an opening. Hmm? There's an opening for us to go in and have some service. We can be of some help. Hmm? His heart is stolen. He's in need. God is the person who has man who has everything. Well, why should we build a temple? Do anything for him? He has everything. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> He's missing something. His heart has been stolen. Go and give him yours. Hmm? Give him yours. How you do that? Well, first take everything that's in your heart out. Hmm? That's what you build a temple with that, print books with that, all that money, those things. Yeah, do that. Hmm? Then when you only have your heart left, then you give that entirely. Hmm? This idea. Hmm? Our God is in need. Hmm? What an extraordinary need. Love is a needy condition. It's a fallen condition. How will our heart help him if he just wants rivals? Because there's a little Radha in you. <laughs> so a little from everybody. It will help. Hmm? And what you will do is go, Radhe, in his ear like that. Hmm? You remind him. Hmm? And you think, I'm getting close. Hmm? You see also, this is a more esoteric point, but the union of Radha and Krishna is only possible hmm? by their attendance, hmm? by the sakis. Hmm? There are different kinds of sakis. Hmm? There are gopa sakis, saki bhav, of subal, hmm? madhumangal, ujjwala, these types. Rupa Goswami calls Sakibhav. They are gopas. But their sakya, their friendly love, is mixed with a, some romantic love. So that means they're involved in the romantic affairs of Krishna, helping Radha and Krishna meet. There's a, a kind of Sakibhav. And then there's Sakibhav of Radhika's friends, gopis. Hmm? And then there's Radha's handmaidens. Hmm? In a broad sense, without these sakis, this this union of Radha and Krishna, again, the Shakti Man and Shakti, they feel they should be together. They feel they're one, but they're appearing to be different. That union is not possible. Hmm? You have to become one of them. Hmm? You have to follow the sakis. Hmm? And then you can help. Hmm? This is a very special thing. Their union is not possible without those arrangements. Hmm? You have to study Leela. Then you can understand. Hmm? It's a very extraordinary position. 
So Mahaprabhu comes, Krishna comes as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to try to experience that. He needs help too. Hmm? Hmm. So even the unknowing in Krishna, so what to speak of unknowing in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Gorlilas, as I said before many times, Sadhana, Sadaka, Siddha Bhumi, that land Bhumi where Siddhas play as Sadakas, and they play very well. Hmm? So they really feel as Sadakas. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is thinking, I'm a devotee. Sometimes he feels, I'm Bhagwan. That's, I'm, I'm a devotee. I'm God, I'm devotee. I'm God, I'm devotee. I'm, I'm everything, see me, I'm nothing. Hmm? And the devotees are thinking, is he God? He's God. No, he's just our friend. No, he's God. If he is God, he'd have to be Krishna. But that couldn't be, because Krishna's never alone. If he's Krishna, his friends would be here. But who are they? Then they say, oh, it's us. We're his friends. No. Actually, yes. This is kind of an illusion within the Leela. This is very special. Hmm? So they have knowing and unknowing. Hmm? So you ask about Nityananda Prabhu. How could Nityananda Prabhu not know hmm? who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is trying to figure out who he is. I mean, in one sense, yes. Krishna comes. Krishna comes to try to experience himself from Radha's perspective. And Balaram is right on the heels. Hmm. You need something? I'm there. That's Balaram. Hmm. Hmm. Whatever Krishna needs, he's ready to fulfill. He becomes his bed, becomes his shoes, his umbrella. He covers him from top to bottom and combs around his waist like a the old fulgent thread, the Brahmin thread. Top, bottom, middle. Hmm. Once the devotee told me, he said, I want to be a, a servant of Balaram. By the way, you should understand who Balaram is. What kind of servant you have to be <laughs> to be like Balaram? I want to study that. What kind of, kind of servant you have to be? Hmm. Yeah, he's Seva Vigraha, really. The very form of service. Hmm. So, he follows Krishna. This is Nityananda Prabhu in Gorlila to help him, to assist him hmm, in his pursuit. And so he waxes in between knowing and unknowing. I'm Balaram. I'm, I'm Nityananda Prabhu. This is, uh, and they're and, and they're and they're distinct. Hmm? Mother Mother Sachi had a dream. You know, she had a dream. In the dream, she saw that she had deities of Krishna and Balaram, hmm, and her son. Vishwambar, Gaur, and Nityananda Prabhu came in and dragged them off the altar hmm, and said, it's our time now. Hmm. You can't uh, be on the altar. There was a fight. Nityananda defeated Balaram and, uh, and so forth. Hmm. And she woke up from the dream and saw the two of them appear as Krishna and Balaram. And very extraordinary. So this is a very wonderful uh, Leela. And there's some, you say, how could he not know? He knows, he doesn't know. And the unknowing is better than the knowing. Hmm? That's the real thing. The unknowing is better than the knowing. Hmm? He knows Mahaprabhu's need. And, and he helps. He helps. There are others helping. Hmm? And um, 
Maldiv will help in a more in a more general way. Swarup, Ramananda. Hmm? Ramananda is depicted in different ways and thought of in different ways, differently by different devotees. Krishna's Kaviraj depicts him as Subal. Hmm? Hmm. This one kind of Sakibhav. Who ministered to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he was in a bhava of Krishna, feeling separation from Radha. Hmm? And Srub Damodar as, as Lalita, who, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in the mood of Radha and separation from Krishna, ministered to to him. You know, the Kavikarnapur is uh, seen differently, Bhakti, we know it a little differently, but it's all some form of Sakibhav. Hmm? Some form of that. Hmm? This is uh, nourishing, helping Mahaprabhu step into this, this Krishna into the role that he's come. It's a very extraordinary uh, affair. Again, sadhakas, they're siddhas, they're playing like sadhakas. It's a special land. Why do you want to go there? That is the place of worship. Worship, place of worship is, is Nabadweep. Worship in Namadweep, live in Vrindavan. If you, the more you, you weigh on Gaur's seva, the closer you come to Radha. That's a fact. Hmm? There's, and there's no other course to get there. You can't ignore the way in which you so prominently manifest hmm? and expect to have okay, come within her circle. Hmm? And if you go through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then that circle becomes so accessible. But otherwise, it's closed, closed affair. Hmm? And who and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ultimately, ultimately he's successful. It means that Radha and Krishna they want to become one. They feel the energy and energy feel they should be. They, there's no difference. There's a difference, but there's no difference. And they want to become one. But when they become one, what happens? Is Radha thinks I am Krishna, Krishna thinks I am Radha. They're two again. What's the problem? Hmm? But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the, is the union the, where the two become one. That's hmm? very extraordinary. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahayanya Rupanuga Janera Jivan. This is the life of the Rupanugas, the followers of Rupa Goswami. These ideas. Hmm? And when you take these ideas philosophically, the tattva and so forth, and then you speak about them like energetic energy, then you speak about them by way of personifying them and poeticizing the whole conversation and so forth. This becomes sweet, charming, endearing. Hmm. This becomes play. Hmm. Out of truth, out of tattva, you make play. Hmm. Hmm. You see? It doesn't make it less. It makes it more, hmm. much more. Hmm. Because by play you can participate. Otherwise you have to just think about it. Just think about the tattva. Hmm, it's interesting. Are you going to do anything about it? Then it has to have a shape, you see. Hmm. The shape is not less. We think form is less, but art is an idea, a feeling. Hmm. Until it's put to pen on the canvas, then you can take advantage of it. Hmm? 
So these truths, like I'm saying, the truth, the, 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 that, that reality transcends reason. This is a very nice point. Hmm? It's just like being, you're just showing it. We're constantly being shown it. But we constantly try to adjust the environment hmm? and make it make sense. It's okay that it doesn't. Love doesn't make sense. Love knows no reason, right? So, anyway, yeah, so... To give shape and to think about it, and to think about it until. To participate in it, it has to have form. Form is not less. The poetry is not less than the, than the science and the philosophy. This is more. What else? Yes. Last night you mentioned that. Uh uh, performance kirtan doesn't really serve our spiritual progress. So my question is, um, how do we personally make a distinction in our kirtan as to whether we're being waylaid into some material objective, and how do we recognize and participate in the kirtan in such a way that it fully serves our spiritual progress? Yes, kirtan is not a form of entertainment. And it's not a body-mind experience. That's not what a kirtan is. Feels good. You're moving around, little dance to the kirtan. Feels good. Loosen up, and you get. And it sounds a certain way. And people put in instruments, some horns, or whatever, and um, and so that it creates certain. Mental means emotional. Hmm? From the mental factory, then um, material emotions spring. So it's a feel good mentally and bodily, and it's a form of entertainment. And music is like that, right? That's what music is. Music entertains. It gets the can get your body moving. Uh, you know, it depends what type it is, but. Um, that's the popular type, and then um, and uh, it's, it gives rise to certain emotions. So it's a body-mind experience. You know, it's a form of entertainment. So kirtan cannot be a form of entertainment. It's a different thing. Hmm? What's being entertained? The body-mind is being entertained. Hmm? Kirtan is not like that. So kirtan, and what is kirtan? Kirtan is, a, is Prabhupada liked it to, likened it to crying. Hmm? People, wow, it's a great kirtan. Just feeling great, yeah. And enjoying, and so they get an enjoying bhav and so forth. It's just, yeah. hmm. Kirtan is like crying from the heart to be united with Krishna in love. To serve, so you have to see if you are feeling like that in the kirtan. If other people are feeling like that, if the kirtaniers are feeling like that, or if they're generating and fostering just a form of a body-mind experience, uh, and uh, it, it, it looks like kirtan, but it constitutes nothing more than a, than a form of uh, entertainment. Hmm?
It can't be a form of entertainment because entertainment is for what? For your enjoyment. You understand? Kirtan is not for your enjoyment. Kirtan is for the pleasure of Bhagwan. It's the opposite. So you can't have an enjoying spirit. You have to have a serving spirit. Of course, it would be blissful if you do, but that's a, that's an not a body-mind experience, that's an out-of-body, <laughs> beyond-the-mind experience. Ecstasy means beyond the senses, the mind of which, which is the sixth, beyond that. It means, first experience, really, is as I said before, it's a cleansing of the heart. Mahaprabhu said. So what happens, if the kirtan is done effectively, you participate, there's some cleansing. And because the heart is being cleansed, the jewel of the Atma is uncovered and it's brilliant light. It can put out the whole world of lights, of entertainment. The whole of Hollywood will be look dark in comparison. The whole field of entertainment, restaurants, vacations, enjoy. Hmm? This is the darkness of... The, of, of this is the dark moon night and Kirtan is the full noon sun. Hmm? Uh, it's the pleasure, it's the opposite. Kam is Kamendriya Prithibancha. Bangabole? No. Kamendriya Prithibancha. Kamendriya Pretty, pretty love, bancha, the desire for loving the senses, that is calm. Hmm? And Krishnendriya, for to, to, the desire to please the senses of Krishna, that is prem. Hmm? Lust and love, the difference. Lust is the, the, the desire to please my own senses, to be the enjoyer. Love is to please the senses of Krishna. You see, kirtan cannot be a form of entertainment hmm? where you're being entertained. If, it, if that's the spirit of it. So the kirtaneers cannot be in, in, in an entertaining mood. I'm here to entertain. Hmm? And, the, and the participants also cannot think that way. Now some people may be in a kirtan and may think like that. At least the, who leads the kirtan, who could therefore, Bhagavad says, we will only enter into the kirtan that is formed under the auspices of, of Shuddha Bhakta. Hmm? Shuddha Bhakta means it has no enjoying spirit. Nadanam nadanam nasundurim kavitam va. Nadanam nadanam nasundurim kavitam va. Not even kavi, not even arts. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, no enjoying spirit gone. This is Shuddha then. Hmm? An attachment only to bhakti. Mama janmane janmaneshvare babatad bhakti rahoi taki tvai. So the kirtan should be under the auspices of such a person. That kirtan we should enter into. With what spirit? With the spirit of the kirtan. That spirit. It is, cannot be a form of entertainment because then you become the enjoyer. Kirtan is for the pleasure of Krishna. So it has to have a serving spirit. Hmm. If it's entertainment, it's entertaining Krishna. Now what will entertain Krishna? Music will entertain Krishna. 
No. <laughs> Nothing from this world will entertain Krishna. He will, he, he, his attention will only be gained by the giving of your heart. Because hmm? that's the only thing he wants. That's the only thing that has value. Hmm? And a clean one. Hmm? So first you, you dust it off and he'll, he'll take it. Something like that. Hmm? Yes? Kirtan is entertainment can be used as a trick to get people to chant Hare Krishna on the Prasad. With the Garanga Bhajan tours, we traveled all over Europe, and at the end of the program, people would be just chanting Hare Krishna, buying books, going on. It was an austere program for us to do, but it was, I'd be walking amongst thousands of people, literally thousands of people, chanting Hare Krishna. And they were just transformed. They came for entertainment, but they were transformed. Yeah, well, they they, they, they got some, they, they came for, I'm, that doesn't change the fact that kirtan is not in a form of entertainment. <laughs> there may be an abbas of kirtan, a shadow of kirtan that's entertaining and, and has some shadow effect. But kirtan in his heart, it cannot be a form of entertainment. Now, now, if I said, if you enter a kirtan under the auspices of Shuddha Bhakta, so Shuddha Bhakta organizes a kirtan, and people come because they think it's entertainment. Hmm? So they're entering into a kirtan that's being performed by someone for the pleasure of Krishna for no other reason. Then they're not really being entertained. I mean, they think they are, but they're they're duped. I guess that's what you're, you're calling it. So you can pretend it's it's entertainment, I suppose, but it can't be entertainment. That's the point. Hmm? And they have to be a little careful about that also. Who, who can do that? Hmm. Who can do that? And then, you know, there are many things that um, that can... Um, like... Um, there can... Things, there are things that can look like bhakti that aren't bhakti. Hmm. But in a boss, a shadow of bhakti, well, that'll have some effect, something. But we want to teach the school of Shuddha Bhakti. Hmm? We, we, want to, we want to, as practitioners, we want to enter the kirtan. So we have to enter not with the spirit of being entertained, and we have to perform a kirtan not with a view to entertain people, but to entertain Krishna. But I, yeah, I know people use that kind of strategy sometimes. And you have some experience that it had some effect of people buying books and thinking it was it was great. I got something from it. What else? Yes. Um, in the oh. Chaitanya, sorry. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita it says that one of the ways that Krishna enjoys is by going into the heart of his devotees. And I is that because Radha is there? Is that his enjoyment there? Well Krishna only doesn't go outside of himself because he's self-satisfied. So he only interacts with his own Swarup Shakti. Hmm? Shakti, Bhakti's constitutes Swarup Shakti, so he interacts with his devotees only because there's Bhakti there, in that sense, yes. Gordon Ryan? Hi. I was wondering, what's the story of Mahaprabhu's father passing away? There's not um, anything told about that. Hmm? 
Yes. <laughs> Would you lead Kirtan? Would I lead Kirtan? Gai Gaura Madhusare Gai Gaura Madhusare Harmony. Gai Gaura